Hey everyone, I'm Charlie Shrem, and this episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by BitPay, Electronium, and Permian Chain. Check them out more later in the episode. What's up, everyone? I'm Charlie Shrem, and this is Untold Stories, where twice a week we dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders, past, present, and future. I'm finding those future leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be and where we're going. The show is produced in audio and video and by my best friends at the BlockWorks Group. They have uh, over 20 podcasts on their networks and the media production company. Check them out at blockworksgroup.io. And with that, today's amazing guest is Mohamed El Masri, the founder and CEO of Permian Chain. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And also, thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for, for sponsoring and for, for giving me the opportunity to continue doing what I love doing in this passion. I really, really just want to like say thank you. And there's a special place in my heart for people that do that. So thank you. It's, it's our pleasure, Charlie. Thanks for having us. I know you're very selective with the type of people you like to work with and the sponsors. So uh, it's an honor for us to be working with you. We have to be. And and uh, I have to say, it's cool. It's cool when I was doing the research, um, when we spoke a few times and we did uh, um, all our calls and everything. But when I'm doing the research, getting ready for this show, I'm not focusing on Permian Chain or anything. I'm focusing on you. And uh, and it's really cool. You have a great background, a great history. Um, I want to really get into it. I want to get into what you've done in in the past. Um, you, you're involved in in a few like uh, capital companies and in in, in funds and in and uh, um, you've been working in corporate and finance and credit and capital markets for for a long time. And now you're bringing all that experience from the developing world and the non-developing world into crypto. And what you're doing is really cool. And as soon as people hear it, don't Google it, guys. Uh, they're going to be like, that's really cool. So let's get right into it. Like tell everyone the first, like the first things that we, that we talked about, uh, explaining the company and, and, and how powerful it is and what you're doing. Uh, well, I, I started my career seven years ago, uh, or seven and a half years ago in corporate finance. And, and my whole, my whole vision was to, um, advise, uh, young companies or small and medium enterprises that are that have a lot of growth potential, but are cash strapped. So I provided growth equity strategies for these companies. And most of my career was based in the Middle East between Saudi Arabia and, and the United Arab Emirates. But I, I was born and raised in Montreal and, and decided to move there because I had family there. Um, but fast forward seven years later, I started getting into fintech and blockchain and, and, and starting to understand you know, the, the promise of the digital economy is now shifting towards uh, uh, you know its uh, full potential from where it was ten years ago to where it is today, and uh, understanding that it, blockchain is a transaction protocol just like SMTP is an email protocol for communication. Um, it, it changed my whole perspective about the potential of this underlying technology that Bitcoin runs on. Um, and, and I was a big enthusiast and, and fanatic of Bitcoin when it first came out. I was in university following it, but I, I didn't know any better to put any <laughs> any money yeah. into it. So we decided to uh, launch the Permian chain back in 2018. And the, the reason I gave a brief about my corporate finance history is that's how it came about because I met an individual who uh, was working and is still currently working for uh, Saudi Aramco. Uh, and he's an engineer, petroleum engineer, um, heavily invested uh, with his family in 
the Permian Basin of Texas and, and, and across North America in oil and gas. And they used to approach me with some, some opportunities to, to, to structure a, a, a private equity vehicle to attract capital from around the world to invest in uh, the Permian Basin and uh, different parts of North America. And it resonated with me because uh, at the time I was really in tune with, with, with blockchain and, and, and ICOs and, and how capital markets are being revolutionized. And I, I said to myself that there is no point to go out and structure another uh, private equity fund uh, to fund these opportunities. Instead, since we have the time, let us innovate. And we took the time to innovate and develop Permian Chain, which allows oil and gas companies, uh, emerging juniors and junior companies, to tokenize their, 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 their resources and be able to offer digital, digital securities to accredited investors under available uh, prospectus exemptions working directly with market dealers. Are these oil and gas companies like uh, these mega monopoly companies, for example, if someone, you know, uh, um, you know, prospect, we, you and I went out and we prospected some land and we, we found an, a gas deposit. Is it, is it, is it, is it hard to take, you know, when you, uh, from what I understand, it's not getting the gas out of the ground. It's getting the gas to where it needs to be is what the biggest cost is, right? Yeah. And that is the major challenge we identified with, with natural gas for oil and gas companies. They had two major challenges. One, for privately held exploration and production companies, there are two major challenges. One was the funding challenge, and the other one was the market challenge. The market challenge being being able to take your natural gas to market in areas where there are no infrastructure or pipelines to do so. Hmm. So by adopting... Permian Chain's oil and gas blockchain integrated framework as a business model, oil and gas companies are now able to take that stranded gas, associated gas, or even flared gas, and convert it into electricity through power generators to use that electricity to power Bitcoin mining data centers on site. But the difference is it is all integrated on a single platform where you're able to tokenize those resources and connect the crypto mining sector bringing the market to the oil and gas sector instead of having the oil and gas company go to market. Yeah, you're com you're completely right. And and uh, you're not the like Microsoft is doing it. Other companies are doing it. They're put they're building data centers where uh, using that power. So it's not like it's a novel concept in that of, of itself. You're not reinventing the wheel, but you're taking the applications of, of things. And that's what really struck me. So like going back to to who you are, right? Um, you've been evaluating businesses your whole life. Uh, you've been evaluating different investment opportunities. Um, how would someone, this is kind of more you, but how would someone like, what's the difference between you're looking at a crypto company versus a non-crypto company? Or are there like similarities between project, you know, industries that you've worked in in the past that were kind of wild west crazy that we are now? My, most of my experience was in, in the industrial manufacturing uh, sector for for SMEs uh, in in that part of the region where I was working, but the, the main the main component of valuating a company is really whether uh, that company is able to scale, whether that company is able to have a growth potential, whether that company is able to address an issue in uh, a certain market. Um, so that those different criteria are, are the same between crypto and 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 you know. Uh, normal companies, but the difference is uh, cryptocurrency, you're working in a digital environment where 
uh, revenue is not straightforward. Uh, and, and most of the tech world is valued based on user base and, and, and network uh, adoption. So the, there is these distinct uh, things you need to look at. But at the end of the day is, does that business model make sense? And are the people behind it capable of executing? Exactly. A hundred percent. What's your team like? We, we're a diverse team from finance to, to, to technology to IT, ICT, um, oil and gas, power companies, utilities. So uh, we have a, a diverse background of team members. And change team is remote, as everyone is yeah. these days. Uh, but we have team members in Toronto, uh, in London, and in uh, Central Asia. Nice. That's that's so crazy that that like you can have these teams all over the world. Uh, do you think that we've adapted? So like during the COVID era, when we started talking, do you think our industry has adapted better to uh, to working remotely than than like how do these manufacturing and engineering companies do it? You know, like you need physical people on the ground. Yeah, you they're can't... still they're still running. Uh, they're they're still how, running. How, on, on how are supply chains? It's so crazy to me how during you know, you look at March, right? The world supply chains, is, as much as the shit hit the fan, supply chains didn't really stop that much. Or did we have enough backup? Like, can you tell me how, what, what I, goes on? I can on? give you an example based on an experience I had with a company or a client I was working with in the past. And they manufactured uh, mineral water bottles for water bottling companies. And during COVID, these uh, the, the demand for water just skyrocketed and these guys were at 100 percent capacity and they were making uh, much more money than they were making the quarter before uh, in terms of sales and now they're expanding into a, a bigger warehouse and, and hiring more people and buying more machinery so really depends on the sector that that you're in uh, definitely the whole world has been affected from supply chain and, and the logistics sides but uh, the the Necessary sectors and 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 uh, recession-proof businesses have have profited more than anything. It's been it's it's so crazy uh, when you think about it how um, we've gotten to the point where we are today in in our crypto industry to be able to to even talk about uh, supporting companies like this. So where where are you at now? Um, where at what level uh, have you built out like a minimum viable product? Uh, are people uh, uh, invested in it already? Where is the space of the like? Can I go? I want to go see a see a Bitcoin mining data center like at a gas exploration field. That's really cool. I want next year. I want to be traveling all over the world doing all this stuff. Hopefully, it'll be much more flexible than than it is today. Yeah, it is now, uh, right? You, you don't have to get a Q-tip up your nose uh, before getting on a plane. Maybe you'll have to take the vaccine though. Uh, but that's a different story. Um, I don't the, mind that. Uh, the, the, the way we've been operating since really our product is pretty much built. The platform is ready. Uh, there are final nits uh, that you know we're doing from quality assurance and, and security uh, before going live, hopefully within by the end of the year, before next year. So before Q1 2021, we'll be We'll be live with uh, the first exempt market dealer onboarded from Canada and the first uh, oil and gas issuer issuing their digital securities on our platform 
and uh, some power sites that are already signing up to uh, offer their uh, natural gas power sites to uh, crypto miners. So you're sorry. That is all that is all in place and, and, and ready to launch. Right now, we have pilot projects on the ground between uh, 100 and, and 900 kilowatts. And in the pipeline, we got another. What? That's so awesome. 1.5 megawatts. You've been involved in an energy company uh, for a while. Um, you're yeah. you're a director of the company, so that like helps that you can bring in that first client or that first you know all that experience in there. And a lot of you see that overlap in a lot of these projects. You know, it's like, oh, I come from that industry, or I am in that industry. So here is the first. Actually, the fun, uh, f- back in 2016, I actually tried to tokenize a uh, garbage truck company, and I was going to launch like the first shitcoin. And no, seriously, like I, all <laughs> the marketing one, materials, though. it was, but like the lat, the day before this, like the token, cause this was a very crude token sale. It was like Ethereum address on a website, you know, this was pre SEC letters. This was, and the, the day before the sale, I just canceled it. I just, I said, I'm, I don't want to do this. I just got to, I it was, I was, I was too, I was like, something doesn't feel right here. So yeah, well, uh, when it doesn't feel right, it's not right. You know? Yeah. And in hindsight, that's how it is. Well, in hindsight, I'm happy I didn't do it because there are a lot of other companies like you that are doing it the right way. They're they're tokenizing these real world assets. I wasn't trying to do it to really make money. It was more of like a proof of concept because I had a company that was making revenue. And, you know, no matter what happens in the world, people always need their septic tanks, you know, pumped out and their trash picked up. So I figured, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to bring uh, international revenue. Sorry, bring in American revenue to like international uh, 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 potential like debt buyers or whatever, open up the world more. But whatever, it was crazy times 2016, 2017. So I, I uh, dropped the whole thing. But, uh, but you know, in hindsight, it's fun looking back at, at some of these things. That, what what else in, you li- in your life have you, that, do you, do you look back in your life and say like, oh, I'm happy I made that decision. I'm happy I didn't. Or like some like unexplained things that you just simply don't, can't explain like how they Unfortunately, I, all the mistakes that I've done in my life, um, I, I had to do them because of my curiosity. So there, there's nothing I look back to. Uh, I wish I, I would have done it to see what it would, yeah, be like or what it what what would happen or what the consequences would be or what the result would be. So I did everything that I thought I should do at that time, uh, and some things that I knew I shouldn't do, but I felt it was the right thing to do. Uh, because of the circumstances. And then you realize because of all these mistakes, I am where I am today. Uh, I, I've learned from this life experience after living alone for eight years in Canada, moving back to, you know, different cultures, having these culture shocks. I, I saw different worlds in a very short period of my childhood and, and young adulthood. And I think that because of that, I realized in the world that does not make sense and the distribution of wealth is just uh, ridiculously uh, biased towards one group of this planet so there is something wrong with the way things are are are, are taking place from financial econ- economy yeah. monetary all these things so bitcoin resonates with me because of those facts that exists out there and realizing that there's a major distribution of wealth taking place around the world, that fracture, fractional ownership today is possible, creating the equality of opportunity and the equality of possibility for people all around the world is now actually possible. 
it will take it will take the right amount of capital to make it happen, but then the right amount of time and research and development and trial and error and 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 you know going back and forth with regulators for two years like what yeah. happened with us in 2018 when we started. The plan was really to start in uh, Abu Dhabi, in the UAE. Oh, really? Uh, and because they had this vision for the future to bring the Abu Dhabi global market as as a as a fintech hub, and it it is what they are doing, and they are doing what they are saying. The issue was that because of the nascency of this technology, and because of the fact that some regulators in some jurisdictions look at digital securities as um, a special uh, investment product. Um, and they, they, they want to characterize it and they want to put rules and regulations around it when really it's just another share of a company being issued in a different form. Uh, instead of me True. sending you a, a paper certificate, I'm sending you a digital share certificate on the Ethereum network and that you can track at any given time. So they did not want to understand that and then, you know, it just, for us, it didn't make sense. We realized that jurisdiction is not suitable for this business model. So as an entrepreneur going into fintech and going into crypto and blockchain, you need to understand the different jurisdictions that are out there. And we need to, you know, take the time to read, to understand what we're getting into. And it took me two years of lawyers and back and forth. Uh, and it, it affected us a bit, affected my motivation. But I, I went, when I went to Canada, Last year, last summer, um, within two months, I was sitting with Ontario Securities Commission's Launchpad on virtual conference calls. Yeah. Within three months, four months, I was, you know, getting guidance and feedback, and and things were amazing. Within six months, our legal counsel made it clear that this is what you have to do. We did it. A lot. This is the difference between innovation, innovative regulators, and regulators that are still just getting the hang of it. So guys, I've been using the BitPay card since 2016 and I've been talking to you about it on the show for a while. And I got to tell you, this thing just keeps getting better and better. BitPay just launched an all new MasterCard that instantly turns your crypto into dollars with zero conversion fees. You heard that right. Zero conversion fees. This card is also paired with the BitPay app that makes it really, really cool to have all the connections together. It lets you do things like buy gift cards with Bitcoin at over 100 major retailers or connect your Coinbase account to the BitPay wallet and to the card directly so you can load crypto onto the card with zero fees. It all works together instantly. And what's even cooler is this card now comes with a virtual version that's contactless and has improved security features that we all really, really need. Cool stuff, right? Well, guess what? As an Untold Stories listener, you will get a card absolutely free. All you have to do is download the latest BitPay app on your phone and use the promo code 10, the number 10, Charlie. So that's the number 10, Charlie. 10, Charlie. It works, right? To get your free card when you sign up. When you use that promo code in the BitPay app, you don't have to pay for it. So literally, you should be all on your phone right now getting this free card and be able to do all this cool shit and interact with the crypto and Bitcoin ecosystem. So remember, use the promo code, download the app, get your free card because that's why we're here to do amazing, cool things. I'll talk to you guys in a minute. Thank you, BitPay. I'm really excited when I get to talk about projects and companies that have been around since the early days of crypto and supporting those projects. In many parts of the world, banking services simply haven't advanced at the same rate 
as the adoptions of smartphones and the internet. Uh, Africa, Southeast Asia, it's they're skipping entire financial services over, they're skipping people over, and they're not even building out that infrastructure until cryptocurrency. We all know this, we've been hearing about it for so long. Electronium, a company based in the UK, decided to build an entire ecosystem based off of financial inclusion, empowering people, getting them involved, not just by working and by earning, but also by spending and being part of that community. Anytask.com is a company that's powered by Electronium, over half a million users, and you have the ability to do all these freelance projects, earn money, earn their tokens, and not only just earn ETN, but also be able to spend it on all these different things. What's what's crazy is that, and what's crazy good is that it's a, any task is attracting not just crypto people, but actual talented freelancers that are willing to take ETN in return for doing all this work. It, it's literally created this whole uh, ecosystem. And the thing is, it's not been just like a new novel idea. It's been around for a while. They're doing it. They're growing every single day. They're doing uh, millions of dollars in transactions. You got thousands and thousands of different people on the platform offering different services. And you should go check it out. It's it's so cool. The staff are great. The people are great. Everyone on the platform is so cool. Uh, according to ETN Everywhere, their official merchant directory, uh, ETN can be spent in over, I think it's 2,000 physical locations and online locations worldwide. You're talking about uh, in 140 countries, mobile airtime, um, shops, TVs, all these different things, not just being able to spend it. And so check them out, Electronium, anytasks.com, support my sponsors. They're so cool and I'm excited for you guys to check it out. Oh my God, there are hundreds of blockchain projects out there, but one thing that unites them all is the need for power. Think about that. The, the need for mining, uh, whether it's for staking or actual proof of work mining, they all need power. At the same time, many oil and gas projects, not crypto projects, but oil and gas companies, they're wasting the gas they extract because it's too expensive to pipe it to the market. So here we are, we have two problems and a perfect solution. Permian Chain places industrial grade data centers and they're mining for Bitcoin and crypto at these spots. They can offer blockchain projects abundant processing at a reasonable price. And that's what they do. They're giving crypto asset miners an efficient way to, to mine. They're giving companies that need power to secure their blockchains the ability to have uh, resources and oil and gas companies get revenue. It's so cool. They think it's a neat way to get together. Make sure you check them out, permianchain.com or permianchain.com forward slash Charlie. A lot of regulators, it's not that they're just getting the hang of it. It's more of like uh, there's fear. So look at some some countries and some states, you know, look in the United States, like every state is different. New York versus Wisconsin. Sorry, New York versus Wyoming is like the perfect example. Like completely may as well be two different countries because the way they treat crypto, right? And then federally, it's it's another whole ball game. It's like the federal government's like a whole other state, almost how they govern everything. But and that's not too bad. Let's look at uh, some other countries that have embraced crypto so well. But then you look at like uh, I've been studying India a lot lately, and I've been having yeah. a lot of uh, folks in India from the show. Do, are you familiar? Do you, I've never traveled there. Have you ever traveled there before? No, but I, I work with a lot of Indians. Okay. So one one of the things that I've not realized really still comes into play is actually the Indian caste system still does come into play a lot, especially in business in Silicon Valley. Um, when it comes to like that, that and and, and I don't want to like butcher it and I don't want to seem like I'm ignorant. But from what I my uh, 
I understand like there, there are five different levels of the caste system and largely anymore, it's not really uh, something that is uh, even talked about or um, like at the forefront uh, of uh, of the conversation like uh, we have in the United States today, like with, with, with racism and with the prejudice or anything. But yeah. I guess more of like, I was listening to a conversation this morning and um, it was actually someone who's a, who was part of the priestly uh, cast. And he was saying how he feels that he has some sort of like privilege because of his, his Indian privilege in the United States, you know, getting a job or whatever. Um, I wonder how that goes into a play if you're like an Indian uh, CEO of, of a company, uh, of a crypto company, what the difference is if you're trying to like operate within India or without being an Indian. These are things that uh, as if you're not in India, you don't know about. Uh, you just, it's so you, there's so many cultural norms and things and social norms you have to follow in. I'm learning that every single day. It's it's insane. It's cool yeah, though. Yeah. The different jurisdictions and cultures out there and the way they do things is, is very interesting. And there are some very interesting markets. And for me, really, uh, Canada has been very friendly and innovative. So I'm happy with where it's headed. I like Canada. You grew up speaking French? Yeah, I did. I, I grew up speaking French, uh, Quebec or French, a uh, little <laughs> different accent, different dialect. Um, so the, the, the French in France don't understand what the, yeah. the, the, the Montreal Quebecois, is that the right the, way to the say Quebecois it? Quebecois are saying. Yeah. So I had a, my, my partner is, is French and... When he came to, to Quebec to visit, uh, he didn't understand what the waitress was saying. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my friend, language. my Frenchman friend said that Quebecois is a mixture of, I forgot he, what he said. It's like, it's a mixture of like English and duck or something like that. <laughs> like quacking or something I like that. I think it's well, the original like, French uh, that did not evolve from. It's the French that I grew up hearing because I grew up in New York. So we're traveling five hours to Montreal all the time. So then I went to Paris my first time at 19 or 20. I'm like, this is not the French that, I, that, I, that I'm used to listening to, you know? Mainstream French. It's not. <laughs> where, do you see, where do you see the larger crypto bull market today? Uh, people that you're talking to, some of the, the CEOs um, and, and banking executives, uh, energy executives, are, are these companies looking to like add Bitcoin and crypto to their balance sheets like MicroStrategy did and some of these other companies did? That's, a, that's an amazing question. And it's been very exciting this, this past month. The people I've been on calls with and, and virtually meeting with, everything has been happening on, on Google Meets and Zoom, but it's the world today. And... We've been receiving uh, requests from very big oil companies in 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 Texas and, and and across North America, and it is quite astonishing to uh, and and a relief to actually see that they are open to understand Bitcoin mining and and adding such a, a, a revenue generating business to their balance sheets, or maybe in one way or form, a joint venture companies to ring fence assets to do such things. Um, there is that adoption across the energy sector and the oil and gas companies. But I don't know if it's from, you know, uh, doing what MicroStrategy and Square did uh, to add Bitcoin to their balance sheets, but more from a, a industrial point of view, where they can generate power and mm. uh, become, you know, the power companies of choice for cryptocurrency miners, and they actually are not interested in 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 giving their you know wasted natural gas resources for free anymore. They understand the value, and they want to be 
part of the upside. They want skin in the game. And what differentiates us between you know, most of the other cryptocurrency miners that are trying to do self-mining out there using their own equipment is that we, we don't cut out the middleman, first of all. We streamline the, the relationship between the broker-dealers and, and oil and gas companies. And we actually monetize and tokenize the oil and gas companies' natural gas resources so that they can have an added source of revenue while participating in the upside of the Bitcoin mining operations. And that's what they want. They want to see how can they optimize cash flows, how can they optimize revenues. How are they doing can... it before? Before, there, uh, it was, uh, it was a, a, a slow trend. And crypto miners were actually going to these sites and, and telling oil and gas companies, give me your flared gas. Uh, I'll take it off your hands. So they get to meet their environmental regulations. For example, in Canada, flaring is almost illegal. So if you can't find a solution for your What's gas... Flaring? Uh, burning gas into the atmosphere to get rid of it because it has nowhere to go if you don't have sales pipeline. Is that what's happening when you see like they're, oh. Yeah, yeah, basically. So you're, you're telling me that they're burning the gas because they simply, it's too expensive to get it out? Exactly. Or they so get it too, away from the... Too expensive to take it to market because most of these companies that are flaring, they don't have pipelines in the area as to refineries or sell it to the market. So... What they end up doing is the cheapest way to get rid of it to produce the oil is, is to flare it. But in Canada, it's almost illegal to flare. So what you end up having is stranded gas that is stuck there with nowhere to go. If you can't find a solution to separate your gas from your oil, you cannot produce your oil. So you're out of business. So oil now, and gas it- companies were happy with giving away the natural gas free so that they can access their oil. Does it go bad? What do you mean? Like, expires? does like the gas go bad? How does it sit? Like, does it sit? I'm just trying to like. This is. I, like, I don't understand the technicalities of it. Yeah, but it's crazy, I, right? But by being on some of these sites, I do understand that gas is stranded in the ground, which means it, it's there. It just needs to be extracted, right? It does not really go away. What happens is some geological uh, uh, shift takes place between a certain time and a certain time that you need to put in more work to get the gas out. Uh, mm. For example, more pressure, uh, maybe uh, the earth starts filling with water. So you have to separate that as well. So there are these you know, geological okay, so and they technical things. They don't actually extract the gas until they know that they can move it most of the time. And so what you're telling them is that uh, we're putting out these, you're building out infrastructure. It's like a, very similar to say, like if you buy a piece of land acres and you have no water source, then the land is almost worthless, right? Uh, so here it's like if you if you go out and find gas in the middle of thousand miles from any anything, then there's really you know short of helicoptering it out or anything like that. Um, oh my god, I have a crazy story for you. This is a I just remember this. Uh, so I had two business partners here uh, that I worked with uh, on a crypto business a few years ago. Great, great guys. They're they're playing probably playing golf right now, um, and. They had a failed venture. When I met them, they told me they had a failed venture because they, okay, and I don't want to butcher this too, but they found uh, gold in Durango, in, you know, in somewhere in Durango or whatever. And uh, they got all the permits. They built the road. They got all the, the pipeline. They did, not pipelines. They, they got all the permits to extract. They did all, everything they needed to do. They were ready to go. The problem was after everything the mayor of the town wouldn't let them build the road to get, to go from their mine 
to like the airport because they didn't want, that's how the town was able to stop them from actually building the mine. They couldn't let them build a road. So you're saying, oh, you have all this gold. Why don't you helicopter it out? It's too expensive. It, it makes it, it's the margins are so thin with, with precious metals and natural gas now. You can't do it. How, it's so cool though, right? You need, you need a solution to bring the market to that site. With gold, yeah. it's possible or, or, or I don't know, there's, it might require some thinking, but with natural yeah, no, gas, it's a crazy situation. There's, there's a net benefit to 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 doing that. Is you're you're able to generate electricity on site. Field generated electricity costs much less than the grid. Then what you end up having is electricity at three, four, five cents a kilowatt hour compared to six, seven, eight cents a kilowatt hour off the grid. So in this situation, if as a listener, what what. What I'm understanding is you didn't just create a market for the gas to like be converted into electricity and then say, okay, now you can sell the electricity. But you said, hey, not only we're going to do that, but I actually need the electricity right here, right now. Yeah. Not, you know, I'm not some data center even that has to go out and sell the data. So I need some of the electricity. I need all the power I can get. That's what you're saying. And it's actually, it's, it's brilliant. It's cool. Uh, what other, I'm like thinking now, what other industries can we go out and like, uh, do this to like waste. what other, what waste agriculture? I mean, you can turn garbage into food, out. food. How much wasted food is there in the world? Cannabis. Cannabis yeah. is another example. A lot of cannabis farms uh, out in Canada as well that can generate uh, power from whatever waste, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're throwing. Oh, out. that's so interesting too. There, there are a lot of uh, opportunities to generate power in an in, in in a environmentally friendly way. The difference here is that natural gas is in abundance, you know, uh, so it's it's you cannot compare it with any energy source. So here's how we bring it all together now. And this is why this is how if I was like a TV show, they wouldn't let me air this show. Everyone has said that environmentalism Everyone is going out and saying that Bitcoin is bad for the environment. In fact, a lot of coins and tokens have launched saying proof of work is bad for the environment. It's bad for the environment. And we need to go to proof of stake because it's better. And in fact, Bitcoin is killing the environment. It's using all this wasted electricity. My response, and I've had these people on the show. I've had miners. I've had people who have built out hydroelectric dams. What you're telling me is there's so much excess electricity that now we have a reason to use it. How is how am I wrong? Like the net benefit, you're you know you're conserving energy, and with natural gas uh, power generation, you're not eliminating the the emissions that are generated from uh, you know the process. You're reducing the emissions significantly. Instead of flaring the gas into the atmosphere, you're burning it into a power generator or into an engine. And then it's being burned out of an exhaust, just like your car, right? So the difference is it's a net benefit. It's a conservation of energy and it's lowering emissions and mitigating flaring. So there's no way you can possibly say, I can solve uh, all the environmental issues around the world and, 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 and eliminate pollution. You cannot. What you can do is reduce it over time. So I had... Uh, uh, Apparently, a prospect that was sitting with me at a conference at the Global Blockchain Congress in Dubai uh, a few weeks ago, and he had the same issue. He he was trying to make me feel guilty how 
uh, I'm uh, using natural gas to generate power and it's kind of uh, uh, not friendly to the environment. Oh, uh, yeah. you're, you're killing our earth and all that stuff. I said, well, do you have a solution that could uh, eliminate uh, emissions around the world? He said, no. I said, the best thing we can do is reduce it. So wow. then he said, yes, you're right. And that was the end of the conversation. But that's the best thing you can do is conserve and reduce energy. And instead of taking electricity from people or from society or from, from the national grids to mine Bitcoin, you're taking excess and wasted natural gas resource, which is the cleanest form of energy on our, on our earth. Are there like situations where like power is being, are, is being diverted away from hospitals or whatever and then into mining Bitcoin? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in certain areas around the world, Bitcoin is consuming too much power, but I doubt that it's taking more than, you know, the supply that's already available for the demand that is required. So um, everyone has been listening. They want to hear more. They're interested to hear more. Uh, where is Permian Chain at now? And how can how can everyone like follow you guys and, and, and hear more? Oh. The simplest way is permianchain.com. Uh, and on our website, you can find our social media handles from Twitter, which is simply at Permian Chain, uh, LinkedIn, Permian Chain. Um, we are currently providing cryptocurrency mining management services to individual customers. So anyone, anyone around the world who wants to start mining and doesn't know how, we guide them through it. Uh, we do it for them until they learn how to do it themselves. Uh, Permian Chain is... Where were you launch. 10 years ago? I needed yeah. you. <laughs> now is the time, but the problem is 10 years ago, you were able to mine on your laptop. You were able to mine yeah. at home. Right now, you need industrial-grade solutions, economies of scale. You need someone who has that you know, uh, co-location capability. Yeah. Allow people to put one server in a data center that is hosting a 1,000. Right. So that's possible with Permian Chain and, and with our partners. Well, Mohammed, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and for doing what you're doing and supporting this show. I'm excited to follow you and and watching you connect and bridge the world of, of excess energy and allow it for more Bitcoin mining and securing crypto and securing all these networks. So thank you. Thank you. Looking forward for next updates with Charlie Schramm.